Hello, welcome back to the Lean Muscle Warriors podcast. I'm Francesco Pavone and I'm your host. And today me and you are going to talk about strength standard. I'm going to share with you some of the most important strength standard. They are relevant because they're going to help you feel motivated, get stronger at the right pace, and also like have something to look forward to. So we're going to talk about why and how I choose this strength standard and how to use them. But before Before we get into that, I'd like to read to you our most popular post from last week. So it's one skipped workout doesn't have to turn into a bad day. One bad meal doesn't have to turn into a bad week. You can't always control your workouts and your diet, but you can control how and when you go back to your original plan. And I'm so happy to see that uh, uh, getting good results because uh, this is uh, a little bit what I've been preaching about uh, in the last three years. Like you exercise daily, you're obsessed with fitness, uh, like in the eyes of many people. Uh, you skip a workout uh, and you feel like you are inconsistent, you're judging yourself. You have a cheat meal and you feel guilty and you try to compensate with more exercise, but the sooner you realize that you don't have to turn a bad meal or a bad workout or a skip workout or a skipped, I don't know, exercise into a whole bad period of time, um, the sooner you will start feeling better about yourself and the sooner you will start making actual progress with your fitness and health. So uh, perfection is not possible, it's not feasible, it's uh, a utopia. So every week, um, something is going to come up. Every week will be slightly imperfect. So what I'd like uh, you to do is uh, to take uh, action every day, make mistakes sometimes, and then ask for support if you need sometime, like the likelihood that you need to acquire a new skill or learn new things, it's very high. So you can learn from people that uh, have more experience than you or people that just uh, did what you're trying to do and then go back to your original plan. All right, let's uh, get uh, to today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, make sure to leave uh, a quick review from the podcast platform you're listening from. That helps massively the new reach and the visibility of the show. So I appreciate your support. All right, long far ado, let's get to it. All right, today's episode was actually quite difficult for me to put together because I think uh, as for any other coach, uh, um, it's difficult to actually share a particular and precise guideline for what it com- when it comes to strength standard. All right, let's uh, take a step back. So as soon as you start lifting weights uh, or you get to the gym and you try to either improve your performances um, in sports, like maybe you want to be a bit faster in basketball, tennis, football, uh, maybe you want to increase your durability and your longevity. So you want to feel good. You want to don't want to have pain. You want to have a good posture. So you want to have a good functional body and you want to work on that. Or perhaps uh, it has to be in regards to your aesthetic. So you want to change a little bit your body composition, build a bit more muscle mass, lose a little bit of fat, or perhaps you just want to feel healthier and have healthier habits. So you go to the gym, you subscribe to a to local gym, you purchase some fitness equipment, whatever, you start working out. Now, in the first 12 months, you don't need to worry about how much weight you lift just because like your performances are going to increase in pretty much everything you do. I used to make a joke with other trainers that when you work with a novice client, even just staring at a dumbbell will make his bicep look pump. So like in the first 12 months, don't worry about the strength 
standard that I'm going to mention. Although, like, you can just have a look, but I wouldn't worry too much about setting goals in that regard. Um, so, yeah, when you, like, at some point, though, after the first 12 months, in my experience, um, it's helpful to have some goals to look forward to um, in terms of your performances. And that's where the strength standard comes becomes helpful because you are going to have a pretty much most of the exercises that I'm mentioning in your program if you follow a well-balanced strength training program. Of course, uh, the variation that you will choose will be uh, personalized on your um, uh, needs. So, hey, you might choose a different grip, you might choose a different variation of these exercises, but still, like, it's helpful as well to test yourself, to push, your, push yourself uh, to do better and to get stronger. Um, and at some point, this will be crucial. It will be crucial. Why? Like, just to be motivated, um, to help you, like, uh, just be more consistent with your training and also like make sure that you work out hard enough okay so they they, they will function as a guide and uh, this is like the biggest uh, premise uh, that i want to make like these uh, standards are not something to make you feel bad they're not uh, they're not there to make you feel weak or to make you uh, compared to other people okay this strength strength standard i'm gonna share with you they are there for you. They are there for your motivation, for your consistency. It's like uh, um, in any other areas of life, like I might look at uh, some of my friends uh, who have uh, a beautiful relationship and I might look at, up to them and maybe ask them for an advice or just like, uh, um, you know, be inspired from them. Um, or I can decide to be jealous and be like, oh, fuck, I don't have that relationship, right? That wouldn't be helpful. That wouldn't be, um, they would still tell you something that you are interested in getting a good relationship, but it wouldn't be helpful and nice uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. What will uh, feel nice is to go to them and ask them for an advice or like you could do, you can apply the same in business. So you can look at someone else, uh, someone else's business, uh, which is maybe bigger than yours, and you can ask uh, for advice uh, and, uh, you know, maybe educational resources uh, and all sorts of tips. Or you can be jealous and be like, uh, oh, uh, I wish I had that. Uh, or I'm sure like he cheated the system and something like this. So, like that would not uh, help you personally with your business and with your growth. Okay. So, and the same with strength standard. I can look at someone stronger than me and think, uh, oh, he must be on steroids or he must be genetic or I don't have a good genetic. So let's uh, uh, look at this from the um, growth oriented perspective and let's use this strength standard to motivate you as you progress in your fitness journey. Okay. So, yeah, like uh, apart from like novice people who will gain muscle and strength anyway, um, these strength standards are calculated based on what? Well, other weightlifters, uh, I'm going to share in the show notes, uh, uh, one of the most, uh, um, probably the most scientific strength standard that you can find online. And it's uh, Mark Ripto's uh, uh, strength standard. So they are uh, divided in five categories from... Uh, category one, which would be like the most novice one, to category five, which uh, would be the most elite one. Um, they are calculated based on your body weight. Um, I'm not a fan of having uh, at, like a total uh, load goal as a, um, a goal, as a main goal, just because like, uh, hey, you know, the weight that you lift at the gym will be dependent on many, like your standard strength will be dependent on many things. Like, of course, age, sex, um, 
you know, like your past training experience. So your psychology, like how much you are going to push yourself will be dependent as well on, on your psychology, like heavily. Um, um, yeah, your age, of course, like as you get to 40, you can, you can, and you can get the best strength development between 25 to 39. And then as you get to 40, you start losing a little bit of muscle and um, your strength as well usually tends to go down. Okay. Although we see like many experienced, uh, like super strong lifters and they probably like uh, made uh, training part of their, uh, one of the biggest part of their life. And, but for most people at as they get to 40, they start losing strength and muscle. Um, but yeah, think as well about uh, like the muscle attachment and like the muscle fiber composition. Your uh, genetic will play a role in this. So I wanted to know this, uh, but also your environment. So I just uh, recently switched gym. Well, recently it was already like uh, one year, um, but it feels like uh, every day feels like uh, the first day just because it's like uh, a playground for me. It's like fantastic it's a, such a great gym and it's full of experienced lifters so i am in an environment where the guy next to me is benching 40 kilos dumbbell press 45 50 60 and there are many more like them so you just feel like a number when maybe like lifting 42 kilos feels like you're a strong man when you lift at lifetime fitness or anytime fitness or i don't know mac fit for example um so yeah they are based on uh, other people performances, the strength standard, going back to our strength standard, uh, but also they are, they are based on my experience uh, because uh, like uh, strength standard can be uh, misleading just because like you see this chart uh, and they say that, uh, you know, a good goal for uh, someone who's been lifting for more than two years, uh, it's to do 10 chin-ups and you feel like, uh, oh, I'm doing zero now. Okay, again, that should serve as a motivation, okay? But it can be misleading because um, if you're not listening to this podcast, then you might feel uh, like uh, you are inadequate, okay, for your uh, for the time that you spent at the gym, but it's not like this, okay? The reality is that you are going to look at this trend standard and you're going to think, okay, I'm actually good in uh, um, exercise one, two, and seven, but I have work to do in exercise three, four, five, and eight, okay? So this should serve as a motivation and as as well as a guide to optimize your training program. We know that uh, most of uh, um, the um, exercises that are trained earlier in the session, for example, get the best uh, volume for growth. Um, also, like exercises that are trained more often, they get uh, like you, you're gonna get better than um, compared to when you train them less often. So this should serve not only as a motivation, but also like as a guide in optimizing your training program. So you can take away things uh, and concept and apply them to your own training. Okay. So the biggest premise, I want to make a big premise before we get into these standards that uh, strength is exercise dependent. And I'm going to give you an example between two athletes here um, just to challenge a little bit as many beliefs. So you see someone doing 40 pull-ups and you think, wow, the guy is fit. Then you see someone doing a one-arm pull-up and you think, man, that guy is super fit. Then you see someone doing five one-arm pull-up and you're like, okay, um, this is an alien. I'm going to need another gym. And then uh, you see in another gym, um, <laughs> you see someone doing 400 kilos deadlift. And you think uh, that this dude is pretty strong, right? But my challenge for you is uh, who is uh, stronger, stronger between uh, the guy who can do 
five one-arm chin-up and a guy who can pull 400 kilos off the floor. Difficult, right? Probably like they are both strong, but when you change them, so you change the test and you make the guy who does one arm chin up, you ask him to pull 400 kilos off the floor. And the guy who does 400 kilos deadlift, you ask him to do a one arm chin up. I put my money that uh, probably in this particular example, there is no one on the world that can match both uh, tests, okay, who can perform both tests in the same way. Um, just because strength is such a, a specific. Uh, skill okay so you are gonna improve your strength particularly for the exercise that you're going to choose so make chin up the most biggest part of your program and you're gonna make great chin up progress make deadlift the biggest part of your program and you're gonna make great deadlift progress okay so i want you to keep this in mind because you absolutely don't have to do any of the exercise that i'm gonna share with you okay before i said that they're gonna be uh, probably part of your training program and this is what i mean by that so one of the exercise that i'm going to mention is the military press okay you absolutely don't have to do a military press with the bar overhead okay this is just like an indication for a total load lifted with the bar and um, you know whenever like you can do for example a seated shoulder press for 95 percent of your life okay and still improve your overhead barbell military press but when are you going to see the best improvement when you're going to do military press with the bar as the biggest part uh, of the program okay so you can even decide to take some of these trend standard and uh, just switch them up with other exercises so for example if you feel pain in your shoulder when you do a military press with a bar you can switch it to a dumbbell shoulder press where maybe you don't have any sort of pain and you can challenge yourself to have a similar goal um, but with a dumbbell so yeah, we're gonna uh, talk about uh, goals and um, you're not gonna be surprised that goals are body weight uh, relatively to the body weight because uh, strength it's uh, dependent as well on your total body weight so i'm sure that you've experienced this um, if you are someone who in in your uh, uh, life already lost uh, or gain more than 10 kilos so when you lose uh, uh, 10 plus kilos then your stand strength tends to drop not only because uh, um, your calorie balance and your diet uh, is not going to optimize your recovery, but because uh, the body fat is going down and at, after a cert certain point, your total body mass uh, is reduced. So most of the exercise that you do at the gym will have a longer range of motion because your body is just smaller. Think about the bench press. When your body is smaller, the bar has to travel for a longer path so you know uh, even just matching your weight like uh, keeping your strength and losing 10 kilos is gonna mean that your strength will dramatically improve so yeah strength standard are uh exercise dependent because uh, strength is relatively to relative to the test that is uh, used to test your strength um, they give you a target to aim for uh, that are challenging but reasonable okay most uh, often than not uh, people set like unrealistic uh, goals uh, or uh, unrealistic like not only in general but also like for the time uh, time frame that they choose 
Um, and uh, yeah, they help you understand your weakness uh, so and your weaknesses. So as I said earlier, like you might find uh, for me, for example, the deadlift goal was actually more, way more difficult than the squat goal. And the bench press goal was way more difficult than the military press goal. So um, don't worry if some of the exercises will uh, and some of the strength standard will feel harder than others. Okay, there is nothing wrong. That's uh, normal, absolutely normal because we are all different and we all have... Uh, um, features uh, and like weaknesses, like pro and cons. So, or like exercise where we perform better because of our body leverages and like the many other factors that we mentioned earlier and exercise where you perform slightly worse for your body weight. Okay, that's enough for uh, our premise. Let's get uh, to our um, um, strength standard. So the first strength standard, we're not gonna um, randomly choose an exercise. We are clearly going to choose the most important exercise you can ever do at the gym, which is the deadlift. <laughs> okay, joking aside, the deadlift is actually a great exercise because it's one of the, exer one of the best exercise for challenging the highest, highest number of muscle um, in your body. So like many exercises that are many, many experts of muscle growth, many coaches, uh, they will actually think that the deadlift is not a good exercise for this reason. But if you're short of time and you don't care about like maximal muscle development, but you like the deadlift, you feel good when you do it, you feel your body and your different muscle groups are synchronizing together. Um, it makes you feel strong the day after you don't feel pain and you generally like are interested in pulling a heavy weight off the floor. Um, deadlift with the bar are an awesome exercise. Okay, think about as well doing this with a trap bar, with dumbbells, different stances, awesome. But for this strength standard, which is uh, um, the traditional grip deadlift, is an exercise that most people can do at the gym, um, especially when after they've been lifting for 12 months. And I'm going to give you a male and female standard. So these are totally achievable goals, and they are goals uh, that uh, you can definitely look up to if you've been lifting for more than one year. Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna be some of them pretty damn hard, but it doesn't matter for you. You might you might take as well the next three years to work on some of these standards. So for the deadlift, it's not uh, uncommon, but it's challenging enough for most people, for most men to lift uh, a weight that is equivalent to two times their body weight for one rep. Um, so if you are a 100 kilos guy, lifting 200 kilos deadlift should be doable with enough hard work. Uh, if you're a, a woman, 1.25 of your body weight for one rep. So again, if you're a 100 kilos woman, 125 kilos should be pretty damn doable. Um, all right, let's move to the next standard, the squat. So squat, this is intended for a... Um, high bar squat but again like as you can see here for many people like some people are actually way stronger in the low bar squat and if you're a power lifter you probably or you work out in a power lifting uh, gym you probably are going to squat low bar because that's what what's going to allow you to lift the heavier load okay um but in my opinion like the low bar squat like there is no one of my clients that is using it i don't think it's necessary unless again you want to compete as a power lifter um um, because like your erectors will work pretty damn hard as well uh, in a high bar squat uh, and in deadlift. So I wouldn't say that uh, it's helpful to use a squat uh, 
to develop your erectors, okay? I think uh, um, there are better ways to develop your erectors. So we are going to choose a high bar squat, we will, which will challenge your quads. This is uh, because uh, we choose the squat as uh, an opponent to the deadlift, as uh, the deadlift being a hip dominant exercise. So we'll challenge the posterior chain way more um, than the uh, anterior chain. And then the squat being still a, a posterior chain exercise, but with a much bigger uh, dominance of quad, quadricep. There is a much bigger ankle flexion um, and knee flexion occurring in the squat than there is in the deadlift. So make sure that you use a high bar squat for this reference because you probably can lift more when you put the bar a bit lower on your back. So for a man, a 1.5 um, of your body weight per one rep. So again, your 100 kilos, uh, pretty doable should be 150 kilos. Um, well, it's not pretty doable without hard work, okay? It's still like an intermediate goal. It's not an elite goal. It's not a novice goal. It's an intermediate goal. Um, for a woman, 1.25 of your body weight, okay? So again, 100 kilos woman, 125 kilos. Um, bench press, Okay, I love this one. Uh, so bench press, uh, you'll hear people that you have to you have to do uh, ten ten, for 10 reps, uh, your body weight, okay? And that's, that should be the minimum, the bare minimum, okay? Like someone wrote the bare minimum of fitness, okay? Nobody wrote about this. Like many people, many coaches wrote about stand standard because again, the, because of the reason we mentioned earlier, but it's not that you have to do it. You can just see where you're at right now and use this uh, as, as a motivation. So 1.25 of your body weight per one rep is actually a, you know, a better goal. Um, I, I, I have nothing against the 10 times your body weight. Um, but yeah, like in my experience, uh, having a 125 body weight allow you to as well work out the numbers to use in the rep of 8 to 10. Um, whether, for example, like when you can do your body weight for, uh, I don't know, eight reps, where does that leave you? Okay. Um, so yeah, female uh, for the bench press, it's uh, 0 0.75 of uh, your body weight. Okay. Totally doable with uh, enough work. All right. Let's move to the stand strength standard number four, the military press. So overhead press with the bar, which is like well calibrated, well balanced, and doesn't offer the challenge that dumbbells do. Okay. So it's also in a standing position. So make sure that you do it with the right form, um, attacking your uh, ribcage, creating that tension in the core, squeezing the glutes is a cue that really helps in the military press. Um, but I like the, the cue of like creating tension inside your body before starting the lift. And you should be able to lift uh, after one year of lifting. Eight, um, so your body weight, uh, so two thirds of your body weight per one rep. Okay. So um, yeah, like if you are uh, 100 kilos, uh, you should be able to do 80 kilos, okay? Um, and if you're a woman, 0 0.5, so half of your body weight uh, per one rep, okay? Pretty attainable goal. Um, and, you know, some people like that come to me that have a very um, dominant uh, bench press goal, uh, they actually see the very good benefit in doing consistently overhead pressing as a um, part of their program. And that's uh, the beauty of having a well-balanced uh, training program is that you can uh, avoid overdoing some exercises and just do enough of those exercises with, uh, of course, a dominance of uh, the exercises that are good for your goals um, so that you can make sure that you're doing enough and not too much, not too little for your goals. Uh, and also that you don't neglect uh, some of the other important muscle in the body uh, that are still 
still supporting your goal, but they are not working directly in the strand standard that you choose. Um, all right, let's move on to the third of four pressing exercises, push-ups. So push-ups, it's one of those uh, contexts where people start feeling like very fit or very unfit. So uh, the people who focus on weightlifting and they start from a, like, let's say they start from an empty bar and then they add weight and weight and weight, they incur um, into a sort of... Uh, um, it's, I, would, I don't want to call it plateau, but incur most of the time in a context where they feel like they're strong at the gym, but then for some reason put it at a, a picnic at the park or a fitness challenge, whatever. They have to do some push-ups and they feel like they struggle to get more than 15 push-ups. Okay. Well, in my opinion, it's not that there is no mathematical calculation, like you have to do 40 push-ups before you work on your bench press. I think fitness doesn't work like this. I think uh, you can get amazing progress uh, in your body and in your health by just working on your bench press or just working on your push-ups. But clearly, uh, after you reach uh, a certain number of push-ups, uh, then the progression can only happen uh, with uh, adding reps, adding sets, uh, making the exercise lower, uh, maybe working your... Uh, uh, way up to a single arm push-up or to weighted push-up if you have someone that can put the weight on your back. But push-ups in general are an amazing exercise. Um, there is a research that shows that men that can do more than 40 push-ups in a row, they generally have a lower risk of developing cardiovascular diseases, probably because men that can do more than 40 push-ups are relatively lean men, relatively lean men who can who are active and exercise following a strength training program and don't find, find uh, um, the push-ups uh, too hard. They don't find uh, too hard to do more than 40 push-ups um, or they can just simply do more than 40 push-ups. So I think it's good to have push-ups. I prescribed it many times as part of my client's program. It's an awesome exercise. It's not just a pressing exercise because uh, uh, your whole body needs to work uh, in order to maintain a good form but there are no some challenge uh, directly for your front deltoids uh, so front side of your shoulder um, chest and triceps so um, for a man a good strength level it's to be able to do at least with good good form 30 push-ups okay um, for a woman 15 and, um, you know, of course, like here, uh, people uh, will say, oh, he's lighter, he doesn't count. Uh, well, you know, uh, he's lighter, so he's going to struggle to um, uh, more than you to develop uh, and to reach a good strength level in exercises like um, squat and bench press. OK, so, you know, you, you will bang maybe like uh, 100 kilos on the squat and he will struggle with 60, but he will do better on a, on a chin up. And that's why it's good to have different strength standard and not to just compare yourself to someone else based solely on one exercise. So um, same goes for the pull ups. I think every man that is been lifting for more uh, than one year should be able to work uh, his way up to 12 clean pull ups and a woman as well uh, to six. 
So that and there was a uh, the strand standard number six. So um, there are no leg press, uh, um, there are no hack squat uh, standards. Why? Well, because not every leg press is the same. Not every uh, gym has the same equipment, and equipments are very different between each other. Okay, that's why I ask uh, uh, most of my clients to send me a video walkthrough of their gym before they start. Uh, we start working on their current on their training program because I want to take a look at the particular fitness equipment that they have at their gym and also i want to make sure that the exercises are doable like in the order that i prescribe them so um, imagine if i prescribe a superset with uh, a um let, I, I wouldn't prescribe this superset but i know many coaches who do who prescribe maybe like a squat and a lat pull down in superset and once by the time that you are done with the squat and then you go to your lat pull down not only you are frustrated to see that someone already took the lat pull down but then you turn to the back squat and you get even more frustrated that someone uh, took uh, your uh, squat rack so like it would not it would be a silly superset to have at the gym but if your lat pull down is right behind your back squat uh, and you can uh, like the gym it's uh, like quite big and there is enough space for everyone then you know you can think of alternating these two and that would be an amazing way to to save time so it depends really on on on, on the gym you're working out at so the last uh, um, strength standard for pressing exercises is uh, dips. So dips are an amazing uh, uh, exercise for the costal fi chest fibers, so the lower chest, so-called lower chest, um, and also front delt and triceps. So they're going to be more chest biased or tricep biased if uh, we are going to lean forward more or less with our torso. So leaning forward is going to increase uh, the dominance of the chest and the bias of the lower chest. Um, and uh, keeping a more upright posture is going to give uh, your tricep a little bit more of a challenge. It's going to increase the range of motion on the tricep. But be careful with that, uh, not that you're too upright because that can and that you come too low because that can put too much stress uh, on your shoulders. Um, so any man working out more than one year should be able to do 20 dips when working on dips as integrating part of uh, his workout um, and a woman 10 all right so what about the split squat <laughs> split squat is one exercise that you won't find any strength standard for just because it's like uh, um you know not so cool uh, um probably for uh, i don't know power lifters uh, or like uh, any other um uh, writer who, who write about this um, but uh, split squat are an amazing exercise so for example i don't think uh, everyone should back squat i think back squat uh, it's a very good exercise for many reasons uh, but it can be hard uh, to have uh, enough mobility to work uh, on a decent range of motion and therefore making it a effective exercise for muscle building um but yeah like uh, as well like uh, for some people it hurts their knees it hurts their back uh, it just create a whole series of uh, challenges that uh, doesn't make it a good exercise for many people but on the other side those people when they switch to a lunge or a split squat variation they are able to train hard without pain and exert good effort so um split squat are an awesome exercise for that um I've been able to build it up to my own body weight uh, in, as a total load, but a good uh, strength standard for men is to do 0.4 of your current body weight per side, okay? 
And for women, 0.3 of their current body weight per side per at least one rep. And then you can work your way up uh, adding reps if you can already do this. Um, all right, so that's uh, the strength standard number eight. Now, we only mentioned the pull-up for pulling exercises. Um, and that's because, uh, like, for example, if you take uh, an inverted row, um, it's really hard to have uh, like the to, to to be sure that every rep uh, is the same it's a little bit like in dips sometime a rep could be a little bit uh, higher a little bit lower uh, so uh, like in the squat some some uh, squat could be a little bit deeper some squat a bit higher so it's really helpful to actually film yourself or have uh, a feedback from a friend when doing this because just you want to make sure that every rep has uh, a consistent challenge um, but although when you're going to do a one rep max, uh, it's not going to look pretty. Um, but yeah, like uh, make sure that you work uh, on maintaining a consistent technique uh, from the day one that you get to the gym. It's going to be very helpful to get stronger, faster and with less pain um, or, or virtually no pain. But the last, uh, yeah, so like given like the many challenges that there is, there are in the um, pulling exercises, like... Uh, um, a single arm row, for example, you, I saw many people like uh, saying that they do a very, very heavy dumbbell row, but there are thousands of variation, thousands of setups, uh, different setups. Uh, um, and, um, you know, your arms can, can be a little bit higher, a little bit lower, can be more tucked in and you can pull the way, um, up if you're doing a single arm by twisting your torso as well. So, I don't think it's helpful. It's it's rather like detrimental to have a, a strength goal. But there are exercises where actually you can have some visual references to make sure that each rep is the same. One of those is the pendley row or the bent over row. They are slightly different. So the pendley row, you start uh, with the bar on the floor and the bent over row, you start uh, with the bar hanging. So you're holding the bar off the floor all the time. And again, the bent over row, you see people, when it gets difficult or too heavy, you see people almost standing up and then it becomes a, what I like to call a lat shrug, right? So they are shrugging basically their shoulder up and they have a very, very poor range of motion on their lats. So I recommend that you do a pendley row, okay? And just keep in mind that since you're body is going to be parallel to the floor then you are gonna target uh, a little bit more the upper back okay and in the bent of overall you're gonna target uh, your lats just a tiny bit more okay although it's a marginal difference and don't worry about it too much when it comes to like programming and scheduling one of the two in your workout program but uh, for the bent uh, so for the pendley row being able to do your body weight per one reps if you're a man should be a very good goal, an attainable good standard. Uh, for a woman, 0.65 of your current body weight per one rep. All right. We covered everything when it comes to strength standard. Um, I'd love you to share this with a friend if you think that they are uh, reasonable and you learned something new today. Um, and uh, hey, our coaching application, I just wanted to mention this uh, because I know um, that uh, something exciting is going to come up soon. But uh, our coaching application are currently closed. We've been, uh, me and Andre, our coach, uh, we've been focusing on our current client base uh, since the start of 2022. And uh, we've been able to appreciate some amazing transformation there. But we keep our uh, coaching spot limited just because we want to give our clients enough attention and celebrate their success with them every day and just help them uh, overcome their challenges. Just be available for them. I don't think a coach should work with many clients. I think uh, 
um, I, I in at least in the team Pavone, I want all the coaches to work uh, with the, their clients uh, fully and present. Okay, so like if you think about it, uh, working with more than forty clients uh, would not create uh, that kind of personal connection that I want. So if you wanna be the first one. Uh, to be notified when the coaching available becomes uh, the coaching spots become available sign up to the newsletter and you also get uh, a free training and nutrition consultation on top of a email video course that will teach you how to get stronger and faster um, and plus uh, like uh, a free fitness guide so it's a five uh, science-based principles to get rid of love handles. So, hey, there is a lot of free stuff here for you. You just have to sign up to the newsletter and you'll also receive a notification every time that a new podcast goes live. So, hey, I hope that you enjoyed this one. We're going to talk again next week from Coach Francesco is Everything. Ciao, ciao.